Okay, so yesterday we, we were discussing uh, what was Bichlal the Hishadshus. In other words, uh, it seems like an exercise that is, uh, you know, like you just, the point is just to go back to the beginning, to where we were in the start with. Like, why do we even bother going through this whole exercise? Right? So we came up with an answer. The answer that we came up with was that there is a big difference. That even though the ore existed before and worlds existed before, the worlds were completely bottled out of Matthias. And therefore, all their whole existence was just about the ore. And therefore, you know, as much as they, they were <coughs> there, they were not, there was no room for them. Right? Masha Enkein, the whole idea is after the Tsimsum is to bring it to a state that you have Oilmos, and the Oilmos are there, and they're a Matthias, and also shining the light. <coughs> Sorry. That was the Chiddush. The question then comes about, which we're going to deal with in today's class, is uh, that makes absolutely no sense. How is that Bichlal possible? In other words, if the whole reason why we said yesterday that you couldn't have worlds is because the or ain't so if it's shining. And when the or ain't so shines, so by definition, you can't have worlds. That's the whole, that's like A plus B is equal to Z, right? So if you have A and you have B, it's going to equal C. So why are you telling me now that A plus B, no, in this scenario, it's going to equal D. Uh, you know, how, that doesn't work. That, you know, mathematically, that doesn't, does not work out. A plus B is equal to C is A plus B is equal to C, not A plus B is equal to D. <laughs> okay, unless D is equal to C. But the bottom line is it isn't. That's the whole issue, right? So now we have, we have worlds, we have or, and we have an existence of worlds and or together which presumably cannot exist because they can't be simultaneous, right? That's the whole thing. In other words, A and B cannot be simultaneously there. Yeah. It's like this whole process of like taking out the light and putting the cob in and then like bringing the cob in slowly makes it possible. Clearly that's true. That's clearly true. The question is, how is that true? Why is that true? Like what, what's, what's the deal? Because by definition, what we're saying before is that once you have the orange of shining, by definition, it's mavatling the, the world. It's mavatling everything. Right? And, yeah, what were you going to say, Moshe? It's sort of like a vaccination. Sort of like a vaccination. What does that mean? They, they put a little bit into you, and, and then that way when you get the full disease, then you're able to handle it. Um, all right. I didn't think of it like a vaccination. The, the rabbi gives a different muscle, but... All right, well, you know, it's a little bit of a sensitive topic, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't, think we'll, I don't think we'll touch that one. I think I'll leave that one just the way, as far as I can throw it. Okay, so this is, so this is the idea here. So let's go further. Um, where are we? We No, we didn't get to the Where are we? Yeah, All right, let's go, let's go back to the beginning of the paragraph. We'll read through it quickly just so we're, we're all together. So what's the chidcha, right? So, so we first, we have to understand the question, right? The question was, what's the chidish here? If this is the way it was before, and this is the way it is after, so then the whole process seems like a waste of time, right? Why, why are we going through this whole process of, uh, of creation if we're not accomplishing anything? It's doing the same thing. That we said, even before the simsum, right? We had the orange of memali called makomachalo, right? The orange of was shining the entire makomachalo. 
which we said the bigger Chiddush in that, the Rebbe Rashab is trying to bring out, is that there was a Makkah Machalal. There was Eilamas. There was everything. Everything that was there after was there before. But it was that the Orein Sof was Mamaliyat. Right? Which means, Achal Pi Pashid, who, according to the Pshad, is it's Chilas Shahaya Orein Sof Mamaliyat, Makkah Machalal, Hari Loya Evshal Liyos, Mitziyas Eilamas. You couldn't have a Mitziyas Eilamas. Right? Keyword being there. Mitziyas. Good. Right? Keyword being Mitziyas. You could not have a form of world. So the key words there is there is no gilui where? Right? However, however, after the words were created, when we, after the words were created and we're drawing down the gilui that's before the tzimtzum, Right, keyword being Eilamos. Right, that the bottom line is, is that even though we have Eilamos, the Gilu is in the Eilamos. Right, so radar screens are all up. Why radar screens all up? Imios is always a Kasha. What's the answer always going to be? What? We call Malcolm, right? That's what we're looking for. Not always, 94% of the time, right? So, but an Imhio's question is a subtle, more of a subtle question, usually. Not always, but a lot of times it's a very subtle question. Whoa, give that man a cigar. All right, so here he goes. The Imhio's. Yeah, are you guys with me? Yeah. Okay. So he says like this, Imhio's et chilasis habus, lohaya efshalios, Okay, that was the question. What's what's the question? What's the question? How are they not bustled after Terrific. Very straightforward. That's our question, right? That's that's the million dollar question we've been talking about all page. Right? Emios, even though in the beginning of the creation. It wasn't possible to be when it was shining the or from before the simsum. So how, you know, he doesn't, a lot of times, right, in Imhios, he's not spelling out the question. You have to see what is the question. Spell it out for yourself. So what's the question? One-liner. How is this possible? How is what possible? No two, pronouns. Two questions. What's it? Two sentences. How is it possible for the light to come back in? No, 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 no. I see what the light comes in. How is it possible? How is it possible for the world to not become Batulunatsius? Right? That's the question, right? How is that possible? It makes absolutely no sense. See what line we're on? Ask Noah to show you. Noah, show him. He still is a big tzaddik. We are one, two, three, four, five. Now we're six lines down in the paragraph of the Chayra. Taking notes is a segula for paying attention and actually remembering things. And I'm sure there's about ten other things also, but I don't know. Right? But what? And shidduchim, right? <clears throat> Always, everything is a segula for shidduchim, right? So he says like this: Mikol Makom. So here comes the Mikol Makom, right? So this is what we were looking for. So imios is a question that's. Hard to necessarily spell out, so I have to spell it out myself. Mikomakom is an answer, and Lavdafka is a clear answer, right? That's the way this thing works. Mikomakom l'achare, or l'achare, shenishavu yecholim, l'kabel gamo orazeh. 
Well, that doesn't sound like much more that much of an answer. It just says this is well. This is the way it goes, right? The achashinisavu. After they are created, they're able to mikabel the or. So, uh, mm, mm. but then we have a yesh lomar. Whew. Thank God for the yesh lomar. That's a serious answer. Okay, good. Right? I mean, kol makom is, 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 you have to read between the lines to figure out what's going on in the answer. Yesh Lomar is, I'm about to spread it out for you on the table. Okay, so thank God the Rebbe Rashab comes along with the Yesh Lomar after this, because I was holding nowhere with this answer. All this answer was telling me was, oh, by the way, it happens. Well, I already knew a line earlier that it happens. I, you already told me it happens. So I'm not sure why this mikol makom is here like this. <laughs> But nevertheless, we have a Yesh Lomar. Oh, thank God for the Yesh Lomar. So he says, Okay, so we're going to learn our Rizal here. With regards to the Gilu Yakav. So now, when you have a Mikomakom and a Yesh Lomar like this, tells me that we're going to go into a conversation. Right? We're not going to have a one-liner here. We're going to, we're going to develop this point. Right? So we're looking for some sort of development, which is going to take me for a little while. Okay? So here we go. Says like this: Okay, so what was that? What's okay? Ve'im haya is a what? Sort of a question, right? So what? What? What is he? What's he? What's he? What's the Arizal saying here? Obviously, this. this doesn't seem to be an exact quote of the Arizal. This is a paraphrase, it seems to be. I didn't look it up, so I don't know for sure, but it looks like that's what it's going on here. What's, 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 so we could say there's a question that Arizal is asking. What's the question that Arizal is asking? Yeah, why, go ahead. Why didn't we just leave a little bit of cough when we were... Good, that's the question. In other words, this whole, this whole story seems a little bit sketchy to me, right? In other words, you have all this ore, and you remove all the ore, and then you bring back some of the ore. In other words, if I had a situation, right, I had to uh, remove everything from the room and I wanted to have only Gemaras in this room, wouldn't it be easier to just take everything out of this room that's not a Gemara? Why do I have to remove everything from the room, including the Gemaras, and then put the Gemaras back in the room? Right? That's, that's basically the question. Now, that does not sound like that's answering what we're discussing. But the Rebbe Rashab says that this is connected to what we're discussing here. <laughs> right? So let's read it in the words again. What's that mean? If it would remain, right? In the beginning, the kap. So that is actually a very important answer in the setup here. Okay, what's, what's the answer in the setup here? What's the key, Tomer? That even if you had a little bit of foreign stuff, you wouldn't be able to have Kalim. So what does that mean, it wouldn't be able? Do we have Kalim already? Mm-hmm. So what is he talking about? They would, they'd be Batalus Yus. What? They'd be complete Batalus Yus. Okay, so what does that mean? Why then? Well, go ahead, I'll let you speak. I don't want to give it all away. All right, Hananya wants to help you. Okay, Hananya, help him. Uh, what? what? What we're talking about? What, what, what are we adding here? Come on. David, talk to me. Um, I think it's saying what Tomer was saying. Of course, it's always what Tomer was saying a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. What is he saying? That the Kalim could not 
be from the tzias if there was any ore left over uh, after the tzias. You need to have complete removal of the ore for the tzias to be established. Oh, okay. Key word there, and what you said is very good. To be established. Now we discussed this a little bit already last week, right? What were you saying, Moshe? That's what I said. So what are we saying? But you heard what, what, what David said? David said a very important thing. Did anyone catch what he said? Menachem Mendel, are you with us? Yeah. What, what does he say? What did David say? Like to be established. So is it related to what you said yesterday where whatever was there first kind of sets the tone? Oh, very good. Exactly. That's what I was trying to get to, right? Yesterday and this is coming out today. This is what he's saying, okay? So what he's saying is obviously we know that the Tzimtzum did not create the Caleb. But on the other hand, it did create the Caleb. Not because it created the Kalim, but it gave the room, the opportunity for the Kalim to come into existence. Why? Because it became the Tata Gavar. Remember the Tata Gavar discussion from yesterday, right? That the idea is that by removing the ore, it gave the opportunity for the Kalim to establish themselves or to become established. Once the Kalim are established, so now what we're saying is, that you could, it's a whole different picture. If it would have remained the light from the Kav, right? It would have never allowed the Kalim to establish themselves. In a sense, it's like, um, in a sense, imagine like in, in school, right? Uh, muscle is coming to my mind. This is not an exact muscle, but, right? If you want, if, right, like we had in college, right? You have uh, these TAs. Right, these these guys that are doing PhD programs or whatever, right? So they're obviously not as qualified as a regular professor, but on the other hand, they're given the opportunity to teach. In certain ways, they actually accomplish a lot because, in a certain way, they're on a closer level to the student than the professor is, right? So by removing the professor completely and letting a TA teach a like a study class or something like that, in a sense, what's happening is that you're giving the students the opportunity to really understand what's going on. So therefore, when the professor comes back in, right, they'll have a much greater understanding of what the professor is trying to say. But that would only work if the TA is there by himself. Not if the TA is there with the professor, because the TA would become completely overwhelmed by the professor and he wouldn't be able to speak whatever is coming into his head. A lot of times... One of the most important points in a relationship also is to make space for the other person. By making space for the other person, like just in terms of a relationship, you're enabling them to be, express themselves, to become a whatever they could become. Then they can move on and they could develop themselves in a totally new way. That's what we're saying here with regards to the Simpson as well. By allowing the kalim to become established by removing the ore completely, the kalim became established as proper kalim, as a metzias kalim, right? Once they're established as a metzias kalim, so now we're talking about a different story. The picture is a very different picture than before. What were you going to say, Yona? Does it make a difference that the, like the TA is able to contract with the PhD, like with the professor is doing to a greater extent? That's also true. So that's where the um, the muscle is not a good muscle, because I'm not talking about the ore as much as the you know just the concept of by removing something bigger from the picture, mm-hmm. you're allowing something that's smaller to become uh, become more of an established entity. 
right? And once that becomes an established entity, then you can bring in the bigger thing again. That's sort of the idea. Let's look at it in the words. The im haya nishar hakav loya efshar hishav was That if the kav would have remained, you wouldn't have the possibility for the establishment of kelim. The achish nishavu. After they were established, comma, I have a comma here, right? So that means after the kalim were established, right? Now, the, even when the or is going to come into them, they're not going to be bottled. Kamokain, what's a kamokain? Nimshal. Kamokain, who beklaws orains of shalivneyat simsum. That's in general the way it is with the orains of before the simsum. Once you brought into existence the Eilamos, you're even able to bring in this or as well. He goes another Yeshlomar here to understand it even better, a mashal was there. So he's going to bring a mashal, the Rebbe's mashal. So now we're going to see the mashal the right way. Yeah. I just want to point out yeah. uh, that this last sentence that he says before the mashal yeah. is a very similar sentence to the sentence that he says before the Yeshlomar. So yes. He says yes, because right, very good. So a lot of times you'll find, in, if you're looking for it in some of love, he like brings out in his writing, like the concept that he's trying to bring out in the mashal or in the nimshal. It's very interesting. <coughs> I've seen it a lot of times, but yeah, that's an excellent point. Like he he brought it out, and that, no one understood what he was talking about. Now he explained it, and now he brought it out again. Oh, so now it makes sense, right? So that's what he's going to bring is the mashal. The mashal he's going to bring is kamo b'hashbasa seichel merav talmid, right? The famous mashal of uh, a teacher teaching a student. Okay, so what's the mashal? All right, im hayam mashpielo b'tchila oimek pinimius chachmaso ya taich pasha taich chananya. What's the taich? Focus, focus, focus. Come on, Menachem Mendel, what's the taich? That when Meshpia starts to involve himself. No, it's a hara im haya, so you have to start with that. What's it? What's that, Moshe? There is a Meshpia that has a deep inner understanding. Meshpia here means what? Is a verb or a noun? It's a, no, it's a, it's a person. It's a noun or a verb no. in this sentence? Mashpia lo implies the verb, right? It's not a it's not a noun, right? I know we're talking about a rab and a talmid, but it's but you have to see you have to you have to look at the context. Haraim haya mashpia lo, which means we have to pasha taich, guys. Pasha taich, right? Come on, what? Originally, his influence is very deep. And no, 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 no. Just don't. Just you read the words. Pasha Taich. Whenever, whenever, please, please, please. I'm going to make a comment. This is, happens to every single person when they're starting learning Hasidus. They're adding 50, 50 words to what is being said. Start with Pasha Taich of what's being said. Hare, behold, im, if, haya, was, mashpia lo, given over to him, betchila, in the beginning, oimek, the depth, Pnimius hachmaso, the depth of the inner aspect of his wisdom. Whose wisdom? The mashpias, right? Pasha taich. You have to get the words exact, right? If you don't know a word, write the word on top so you know the words. When you're doing chazara, make sure that you know every word, what every word means. You have to know what every single word means. The, the dictionary 
in Hasidis is so small, it's unbelievable. It's like 500 words being said over and over and over again, you know, compared to most other uh, things in life. You know, this is like, all you have to do is learn about 500 words in, 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 in Hasidic books, and you got it clear. So what is he saying? Im if the teacher would be giving over to him, in the beginning, Who's over there? Yona, what's the Pashataich? Hare? He would not be able to receive it. Right? So, what needs to happen? Oh, who's dictating the relationship? The student. He has to see where is the student holding? Er chai, the erech of the student. What is the student shayech to? If Einstein would come into a ninth grade class and teach physics the way he teaches physics to his colleagues in a uh, you know in a uh, seminar or something like that, right? In physics, no one had any any idea what he's talking about, right? So what does Einstein need to do? He has to recognize that a ninth grader knows about this much science. That's it. So he has to somehow bring out whatever point he's bringing out in the words of a ninth grader that understands this much science. That's all he could do. So he has to recognize who is the Makabal and then give the Makabal this much information. That's it. What's a good uh, muscle for that? That we see every day? No, no that, this, we're on the same level. Sorry, guys. When you speak to a kid. That's also true. But in Torah, where do we see this? In Torah, Rashi. No. Okay, that's right. Yeah. No, where you see it is in the Mishnah. Mishnah. The Mishnah, right, in the few words that the Mishnah is speaking out, right, it looks very simple. He's just saying, uh, this one says it's puzzle, this one says it's kosher, this one says it's ostrich, this one says it's mutter, whatever. And, and you see it in like five words. But you know, and I know, that there's 20 pages of Gemara on these, you know, 15 words of Mishnah. Which means that everything that is in the Mishnah is really hiding all those 20 pages of Gemara, right? That's when you're, but when you're teaching a fifth grader, Mishnayis, or a fourth grader, Mishnayis, you can't teach them 20, the 20 pages of insights of Gemara. You have to teach them the Mishnah says, he says it's Asr and he says it's Mutter. That's it. Rabbi Yehuda says like this, Rabbi Meir says like that. That's it, that's what you're teaching him. Right, you might say, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, five words of, of why this or why that, but you're not discussing the entire Gemara that goes with it, right? You have to give it over in such a way that it's just the tip of the iceberg. So, does he have that information now? Yes, he understands that a sukkah, if hamasa maruba mitziloso, it's going to be aser. Why? I don't know why. I just know that that's the that's the bottom line. The sukkah has uh, two walls and nothing else. It's not kosher. Why? Why not? 
No, 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 don't tell me why not. Just, this is kosher, this is fossil. Right? This is not good. Right? That's the point that we're trying to bring out here. So the Rav, when Einstein comes into a ninth grade class, he's going to say words that the ninth graders are going to be able to understand. And if he says the words, even that maybe a college uh, level class would understand, they also would not understand it. So what is he doing? So after the Mechabal is able to Mechabal the light that is so limited, it's so small, this is kosher, this is not kosher. Right? That's very mitzumsum dekelite. It has nothing to do with any arguments. It has nothing to do... What's the bottom line? Can I eat this hamburger? Yes or no? No. Yes. Whatever it is. That's all. But there's a whole masechta that's explaining why you could eat this hamburger or not eat this hamburger. We're not there yet. We just have to know that the hamburger is kosher. Right? So now... Nitfas v'niklat b'sichlo. What is he saying here? By nitfas v'niklat b'sichlo. In his seichel, in his in his intellect, right? In his intellect. Now it becomes what? Part of him. A part of him, right? Right. There's there's a couple of things that are happening here with this information. He's on the one hand learning information, and he's also making it a part of his brain. He's making it a part of his thinking process. You see this very often in a child. In a child, right? The child doesn't know anything, but when you start explaining, well, you know, there's something called this is meat and this is milk. And the Torah says you can't eat meat and milk together. So the child doesn't know that. But when you teach the child that, so now all of a sudden he knows there's a concept. There's a concept called meat. There's a concept called milk. There's a concept of not eating it together. Now it becomes, it becomes a part of him. He is becoming a changed person because of it. His intellect is changing. What's happening is he's developing, and you see it in a child, like little by little, right? A child that puts his finger in a fire doesn't put his finger in a fire anymore. God forbid, right? Hopefully he doesn't hurt himself too much, right? He realizes that this is now part of his psyche. It's a part of his being, whereas before it wasn't. Right afterwards, he comes to the Aymis Pinimis Seichel of the Rab. And then he's able to receive more. So what we have is a situation where the makabel, i.e. the student, and the rav are be'ein aruch, one to the other. Right? That's how they start. You can't compare. Right? So the rav, what does he need to do? He needs to megashem himself. He needs to take this seichel, which he sees when, when, like when the rebbe would teach a sicha, or would teach a concept, let's say even a Tzivah Sashem rally, he sees the big, 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 big picture. And he has to teach it to a bunch of children. He's taking it in such a way that he is Magushim, the Indian, in such a, a, a manner that the child or the children are going to be able to get what it is that he's trying to say. That's the Nakuda. They are now getting what he is trying to say. Until the child is able to start learning. Now that the child begins to learn, it becomes a part of him. 
And it becomes a part of his mahus, of who he is. That's the objective. And over time, what happens is that as the seichel continues to develop, he becomes a different person. He continues to develop. He becomes a different person. So now, at the next stage, he can learn even more. And he can take that on. And then at the next stage, he can learn even more. He can take that on. And in the next stage, he takes even more. And then he can take that on. And like it says, after 40 years, you finally understand what the Rebbe is trying to say to you. Because you really get, you. because why? Because it's not just a piece of information that you're focused on. Your mohus has now become a different mohus. That's the, what's going on here with education. What's supposed to be happening with education is not that you're feeding children a piece of information. You're trying to make the person into a different person. That's the objective. How do you do it? Through giving them information in a certain way, which will hopefully develop them to that way they become this different type of person. That's the, that's the goal of the whole story. So this is the muscle, right? And we're going to continue in Mirza tomorrow. But this is the muscle of trying to say, so if the orange <coughs> self would have just come in full blast, like the way it was before, so then, first of all, if it wouldn't have been removed, you don't have the possibility of Kaylee. So now we have a Kaylee. Now, with this keli, what we need to do is we have to build the keli, and we're going to see how we build the keli tomorrow. We have to build the keli that the keli becomes a keli that's able to makabal the or, right, in a way that the or was even from before. How do you do that? So number one way is you have to mitzamtim the or. And then, little by little, you can build the situation in such a manner that that the or becomes much more like well versed with the person or with the keli, and we see this ourselves. That all of a sudden, you know, when the first time you go to the first time you go to a class, uh, you don't have any idea the language of the teacher. Really, it doesn't make sense to you. Like I remember when I, you know in yeshiva, like they would speak in Yiddish and Hebrew and English, all mixed together. All every class was like a mixture of everything, right? And I, you know, you don't really, you don't really follow along. Even just the push up words, you're not, you're not used to it. But over time, as you become used to the words, like your brain starts to think in this manner, and you, you start to use these words, and you start to hear the words. It becomes a part of your lingo, and it becomes a part of. I'm not talking about even the information, just the push up words themselves. It becomes a part of you. And little by little, then you could start to really macabre more and more and more. Because you are becoming different. You are becoming a changed, you are becoming a completely different story. Is that clear? So that's what we're starting to talk about here. So this is in the mashal. Yeah. Uh, in the mimshal, I don't get how it is able to retain its metzias. You can receive more and more and more over time. Eventually, it will become bottle. Not necessarily. What happens is that hopefully that the objective of education is that the, the student becomes the same level as the teacher. That's the idea. That's the objective. Right? In other words, uh, the objective of, of, of a teacher is not that the, the student should be on a lower level constantly. You want the, the student to grow. It can't happen overnight. But you want the student to grow to the point that the student is maybe, you know, hopefully even greater than the teacher one day. And he has to go on to greater teachers, you know, that are much smarter than the original teacher. 
right? That you have in elementary school, you have a teacher that's teaching you olive base, and you have a teacher that's teaching you Mishnayis, and you have a teacher that's teaching you Gemara, and you have a teacher, then you go up to Misifta, and you have a teacher that's teaching you, and then you finally get to Zal, and hopefully you get a Rosh Hashiva that's such a genius, and he has a whole way of looking at a Gemara that is so different from, you know, anything that anyone else has on their shoulders. And hopefully that that the objective of that Rosh Hashiva is to change the way that the student looks at Taira and looks at the world. Not just to take a nice chap of uh, certain information. But that's the goal. Yeah? Okay, so tomorrow we have to develop the, the marshal more and we have to also then uh, discuss how it applies to the Nimshal.